everyone. My name is Sarah Sun, and I'm your host for today's episode of Think with ABD. Here at Analytics by Design, we are passionate about driving the conversations that are shaping our future through the use of AI, technology, and design. One of my favorite things to do in the world is getting to know local startups and learn about their founding stories. Today, we're going to talk about TalentFit AI, and I have Mitch here today, who is the CEO and founder. Welcome to the show, Mitch. Thanks for having me, Sarah. I'm excited to, uh, to share my experience with you. Tell me more about TalentFit AI. So TalentFit AI is a platform that connects job seekers and companies based on values and culture alignment. Um, really, it's a way to um, you know, help companies identify the highest potential hires who will you know, ultimately be more engaged in the, their workplace. They'll you know, match better with the, the way that work is done in the organization and ultimately be happier in the workplace. And for the job seekers, it's really that extra layer of insurance in a sense to ensure that they're going to find a great place that they love to work, that helps them reach their potential. They can truly be their authentic selves at work. And ultimately that leads to a passion for their workplace, engagement in their workplace, better productivity, and all those positive things that HR and recruiters and hiring managers are all looking for in their teams. And I think we often get the question is, is it a personality assessment? We we're not a personality test. And that's a big differentiator that we have in the market. What we do is really focus on fundamental values and how work is done and what makes up the culture in the organization and ensuring there's alignment there so that you ultimately don't go to a place that you don't like working and then uh, turn over sooner than you hope. So interesting. So I want to explore this topic of cultural alignment a little bit further. So you mentioned that it's not a personality assessment. So what is it exactly? So we actually look at a number of different factors, all based in top tier research that's been done by um, top academics around the world. And we look at things like values, work engagement, the climate of the organization, teamwork and, and sort of the styles of how teams function together, leadership, uh, leadership styles and, and how managers work within the organization, as well as motivators and so like how people are actually motivated within the organization itself. And basically by bringing these pieces together using a standardized approach we're able to then basically calibrate the organization's culture by actually collecting true feedback from employees. You've probably yourself, you've joined organizations before where you see what's posted on the walls and you see the, the values that are there. And when you actually go to the organization, they might not actually live those values. And so we kind of look at what the difference between the espoused and the enacted values and, and, and culture is within the organization, ensure that we've got a true calibration of it from the company through feedback from employees. And then using that feedback, where then it'll actually really accurately match people who would be great candidates for that organization to its culture. Oh, neat. You're absolutely right. I think we've all been in interesting situations where, you know, the, the top 10 values written on the wall, written on every single meeting rooms you go. And then there's always a point in time where you look at one or two of them and you're like, I'm not sure we're actually leaving that value <laughs> on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. When you're doing your assessments within a company, so ideally, are you hoping everyone in the company need to fill out the assessment? When we first started, actually, we, we wanted to collect a lot of data to really understand and almost do like a bit of a research project with our own tool. And so we were having everybody in the company fill out the assessment. It was a lot longer than it is now. And what we've actually been able to do now is actually look at the data we're collecting and pare this down significantly. So it's not taking as much time, but we do prefer if organizations have their employees fill this out because not only for the piece of matching candidates, but I think the piece of just understanding what your culture is within your organization is also a very, very valuable tool. It allows, allows organizations, HR teams to understand, you know, across different departments, across different locations, what is the actual culture in those different areas? 
Is it different? Is it aligned with the overall culture? Is it strong or not? As in, you know, are teams even aligned on what the culture is within their team to the overall organization? And those pieces are really valuable for organizations to even know outside of the whole hiring piece. And we've had a number of organizations that use the data we collected with, with them and actually use this to, you know, work on their employee brand, employee value proposition, and, and a number of other pieces that they found really valuable. The other piece we're able to do with, uh, with organizations that are, you know, having their employees fill it out is we can actually do what we call a validation assessment too. So as part of our process, we can actually see by gathering sort of anonymous sentiment data, matching these people to their own organization's culture, we can actually then see what, you know, we predict in terms of increased engagement, increased job satisfaction, decreased turnover levers, higher belonging levels with, by basically calibrating against their own employee base that's in their organization at the moment. And so this is, this is really helps organizations be like, wow, this, this could have a huge impact on, on what we do. So what I absolutely love about that is you've managed to find a way to measure a lot of things that are really intangible qualities or like engagement levels, I, I feel like is a never ending conversation for, for HR groups around the world as they try to understand how to better engage or how to drive certain types of behaviors that they're hoping to see in their employee base. Yeah. And, and think of it as like engagement is an outcome, right? And so there, there has to be a lot of reasons that, that drive engagement at an organization. It could be, you know, simple things like clarity of the role or, you know, consistent leadership within the organization, uh, things like psychological safety, the ability to like be yourself and speak up and, and whatnot within the organization. So a lot of these things are, are drivers of outcomes like engagement. And another big one is just the fact that do people actually align with the values of the organization and, and the culture within the organization? Think of it as this, you know, in any relationship you've had before, bad relationship you probably had, you probably didn't align on the values between you and your partner uh, and ultimately have failed. And, and so if you take that same sort of sentiment to the, the hiring practice is that when people actually align on the values to the organization, they're going to actually have a better match. It's not going to say they have the same personalities because that's where the, the diversity comes in of thought and experience. And that's where you get some really great innovation happen. But people have to be aligned on, on the actual values of, of the organization to end up having those higher outcomes, better outcomes, such as engagement, lower turnover, you know, better job satisfaction, higher rates of belonging, and many more. Have you ever worked with a company where they experienced a little bit of a rude awakening? They thought that maybe the motivators or engagement or what their employees valued was maybe a little bit different than what they thought? Yeah, we've worked with some like that. The interesting thing about TalentFed AI is that companies that want to work with us, they generally do authentically care about culture and authentically care about values. Organizations, uh, we've, as we've gone out and, and talked to a bunch of organizations out there, a lot of them sometimes believe they can just do, do it better themselves. And we don't think of ourselves as an organization that actually like replaces people in any way, shape or form, uh, but we just provide de better data for them. And going back to your question is that we end up working with organizations that do really care about their culture. They are pretty aligned. They have found things as they go through the assessment. Like it's kind of like, wow, that's, that's interesting. We didn't think we were really that way, but you know, now that we're like getting feedback from our employees, this is really, you know, this is really insightful and it, it can help us either shift what we're doing or shift how we're even branding ourselves, or, you know, it can help them, you know, then have to figure out ways to go back to what they really truly want their values to be. And, you know, maybe work on different sort of training or better communication in certain areas or adjusting some of the leadership style, leadership training. The data allows them to then make decisions based on, you know, where they want to go and, and what they believe is, is the best route possible. Data-driven decision-making. Mm -hmm. is, is there anything more that we can ask for? <laughs> I don't know. I think, you know what, I think it's one of those things. Uh, data is important in the decision-making process. 
but I don't think data, it should be looked at in, in isolation to make any major decision and any decisions really, because there obviously can be limitations to what the data actually shares. And I think that's something that needs to be taken into account is that there is a human factor. And I believe that data helps people look at maybe their own biases, but at the same time, data should also be taken through the lens that it is only taking into account certain pieces. So it's not the be all end all, just as we say with what we do is this shouldn't be the be all end all and why you make your decision. Uh, there's lots of other pieces that go into the equation when you're deciding on who to hire. What we can do is help you identify the cohort of people that have applied for your organization who would be better aligned to your values. And then it's for you to take it from there to understand, you know, do they have the, the skills and experiences, the, the personalities that you're looking for and, and all those other pieces that, that go into the equation. Do you know what? I actually think that this idea of data can provide a great foundation for you to make decisions, but you can't entirely remove the business sense or the human from those decisions. I actually think this is an idea that applies in so many different places. I think ultimately a lot of people are afraid that data and AI and robots are, are going to replace everything that we do. But the more and more that I interact with or build or, or understand some of these systems, the more I'm actually of the opinion that using data and AI is a really, really powerful tool, but it actually gives us the opportunity to be more, more human and supplement that with our own experiences and our business instincts. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more on that. And, and you know, I, I always like to talk about how if our system is 80% accurate and the hiring manager is 80% accurate in selecting the right candidate, together they're like exponentially more successful. So, but, but individually, if, they're, if a hiring manager is only 80% successful in making hire, that means one out of five people is actually a bad hire for that organization. So together, if you can then cut down that number to like one in 100, one in 50, ultimately you're going to save tons of time. You're going to save tons of money. You're going to have, you know, more engaged employees and, and all the other benefits of that. I, I think it is important that you, you know, you do have human, humans as part of the process, humans, uh, you know, supervising the process. And I think it's always important to be critical on the, um, you know, the systems that you've created or the systems that you're using to reflect and ensure that they are not creating bias in, in, in any way. And there's tons of examples out there where this has been bad. I know the one of the examples of one of the major organizations that was looking at, they, they've created their own hiring process and using algorithms to attract candidates. And so they're making their spend, I believe it was on Facebook, to attract candidates to their organization. But the demographic they were charging was males in that, in that same age demographic. The cost per click was five times less than you know, what the, the female demographic was for, for that same age category. And so they were getting five times more candidates that were male than female and ultimately creating bias in their own hiring process. So I think it's important that we always do have human super, supervision on it and humans being critical on it. And, but, I, but I believe there is a ton of benefit obviously to make data-driven decision-making. And I believe there's tons that can AI and, and machine learning can support in, in making better decisions. What I love about that Facebook advertising example as well is it really kind of underscores just how complex the idea of like recruitment and cultural fit and hiring is ultimately in this game. Like it's just, it's not as easy as just like throwing up an ad somewhere. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily appreciate all the different pieces that go into that game and being able to produce. And I actually want to explore a little bit more about this idea of where's the AI? You've, you've kind of alluded to it here and there. Yeah. So in what we do, you know, we do a number of different things, but we look at predictive analytics is, is kind of a core component of what we do in terms of like, 
are we predicting properly of who the candidates are and will they be a great fit? And, and then once again, based on, you know, academically validated assessment and it's within their own organization. And then what we do is use machine learning and some AI to actually help understand, you know, who would match, but then also optimize the matches based on who is hired in that organization. And so this is sort of like that continuous learning piece that goes on so that if we have, for whatever reason, you brought somebody in, we understand how well they've matched the organization across these, you know, 26 different subdimensions within what we look at in our cultural signature. And then for some reason, that candidate is, it ends up not being a great hire for whatever reason. We can then look at that. And as we collect more data over time, we can adjust weightings within our algorithms. And this is something that updates it so that we can, um, you know, ultimately make better decisions and then recommend better candidates who can actually be, be a great fit for the organization. And so originally we looked a lot at the applicant side of things. So it was candidates that had applied for that organization and we were assessing them. And this is the value in prioritizing these candidates and selecting better candidates based on, you know, the, the updating the algorithms. What we've actually done now is as pre-COVID, we had just launched what we call our job seeker network. So people looking for jobs could actually sign up for TalentFit. You know, they fill out the assessment, they build a big profile on, you know, their skills, experiences, what they're looking for, salary range, location, all these other factors. And then using this data, we're then able to then share candidates with the right companies who are, who are actually hiring people that, are, that have their certain specific criteria for their jobs and then sharing them right into their, their candidate pool so that it ultimately is um, a lot easier for hiring managers to find actively seeking job searchers through this process. One of my favorite questions to ask founders is always, what inspires you to start? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think every founder gets asked this uh, anytime they do a podcast or interview or even during any pitch meeting, I guess. But so for me, it came down to a couple of pieces. One is that I've, I've been a serial entrepreneur all my life. I started my first business in grade nine, started my second business in first university, ran a consulting company for a little period of time, and then started TalentFit. And the other side is that I, I was a high-performance athlete for a number of years, played basketball at the university level, the University of Victoria. I was a rugby player for Canada for a number of years. Uh, I've also coached men's and women's sport for a number of years too. And in both business and sport, there's this consistent parallel, and that's teams that are aligned on their culture and values and have bought into those culture and values are ultimately more successful. And, and I'm not saying 100% of the time it's, it works, but I'm saying it puts themselves in a better chance to be successful. I've been on teams that have had all the skill in the world on paper and they failed miserably because the team just didn't bond together. There wasn't team chemistry. And I've also been on teams or coach teams that were, you know, they met the minimum threshold of skill, but they weren't by far the most skilled team in the world. But the team members bought into what that, you know, the values and the culture of that team were. We had people understood what their role within the organization was or the, the sports team was. Ultimately, this led to great outcomes. The other piece that sort of went into why I started TalentFit was after I finished my MBA at Smith School of Business at Queen's University, I actually went into uh, an organization that preached certain values and culture that I thought was important to me and I, and I truly cared about. Like I alluded to before of having it written on the wall, this organization had that. And, you know, it was one of those things where once I joined the organization, I realized that they actually didn't live those values. I know they wanted to, but they actually didn't live those values authentically, at least the ones that I was really, really I really cared about. And so this ultimately caused me to have some frustrations as I was trying to do the things that I was thinking of living the values by, but, you know, leadership didn't agree maybe. And so, you know, for me, I was kind of like, you know what, there's got to be a better way to really understand what a true culture and true values as thought by the employees um, truly is within an organization. So that, you know, 
long-winded story there, but uh, that led me down the path of finding a co-founder who, you know, at the time was doing his, his PhD, um, and now is a professor of organization behavior, you know, build, bringing on a CTO and, and going through this whole process of, of speaking to different HR leaders and recruitment leaders and understanding this, this whole space of culture and recruitment, you know, and how it all works, because I, I don't come from a traditional HR background at all, uh, or recruitment background. And so that's kind of what has ultimately led us to what we are today and who we are today. And, um, you know, I think, I think taking that little bit of a different approach to it um, has been a reason why we've been um, you know, successful today. That is very cool. I feel like you have somehow managed to find an interesting niche where all your different interests and actually life experience is, has, is all coming together. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is one of those things. And it's probably, uh, you know, I think in any founder has to be passionate about what they do uh, and see purpose in what they do. And ultimately, that's what I've, I've found with this, uh, this team and this organization talked about how the pandemic has really impacted our economy in just in just completely incredible ways like the number of layoffs that have happened the number of job seekers that there are there companies struggling to ramp up or struggling to pivot during this time you know what's one piece of advice that you would give a job seeker right now i think it's just like stay through to the course you know things will turn around you know, in, in any pandemic like this, this is an opportunity and any, you know, whether it's a recession of some sort or a pandemic like we're looking at right now, you know, people, it's an opportunity to like sort of look at yourself critically and say, am I doing what I really want to be doing? This, um, this pandemic is as, as hard as it is, I think it's also opening up opportunities uh, that maybe we haven't seen at first. And, um, you know, some of them, you know, include going to sort of what this, the opportunities that are, but I see, you know, obviously remote work is becoming something that, has um you know is prevalent everywhere and, and talking to ceos of, of some big businesses that um you know have massive office spaces in downtown toronto um you know they're saying why do we need all this office space if we can be just as productive working remotely you know i think there's going to be this shift where people will be able to work remotely um if you can work remotely um this is also going to provide opportunities where as long as they have internet access they could be working for a, a, a large organization a large business downtown toronto or la or really anywhere in the world thanks for joining me on today's episode stay tuned we have a lot more content planned for you across strategy design and of course analytics my name is sarah sun and until next time stay curious comments views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not constitute as business or investment advice Comments mentioned by the podcast participants are solely their own and do not reflect the reviews of analytics by design and its constituents.